With training camp starting across the NBA, this preseason edition of NBA Sound System featuring some of the talk at team media days from around the league. We'll also have some preseason predictions ahead. I'm Lawrence Scott, and we start with Lakers forward LeBron James sharing his thoughts on the different offseason moves around the NBA, especially with crosstown rivals the Clippers bulking up their roster with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as both teams are set to share the spotlight in L.A. at Staples Center. You know, for me, I think it's great what, what the league uh, has been able to do year after year after year. Uh, we continue to be the, the greatest sport in the world, um, and we put out uh, the best product on the floor every night to be competitive um, and, and, and play to not only our abilities, but also uh, showcase talent that our fans love, uh, play with a lot of passion. Uh, so in that aspect, I think it's great. Um, I think our, our, our league is in a great position right now. Adam Silver has done an unbelievable job. Um, and, and every team um, has tried to, um, you know, just continue to get better and better and better to help the league out. Um, ultimately, as far as me and as far as how I feel, you know, my only goal is how I, I can prepare myself every day to help this team be as great as we can be and, and not shortcut the process. Um, that's always been my, my goal every single year um, and how um, AD and myself can lead these guys um, and put them in position to be successful every night. Um, not only from a game aspect, but from a practice aspect as well, uh, will ultimately be um, you know, what we want to accomplish. Uh, LeBron, uh, both the Lakers and Clippers made moves to become title contenders this summer, and uh, people here are really excited. What do you think LA is going to be like between the Lakers and Clippers? And you guys were one of the teams that were in on Kawhi. What was your reaction? Bless. What was your reaction when Kawhi and Paul George went to the Clippers? Um, well, I think it's, um, you know, it's great for, you know, everyone talking about uh, the big winners of the summertime. Um, is it the, the Nets? Is it the Clippers? Is it the Lakers? Um, it's actually Staples Center. Staples Center is the biggest winner of the summer. You know, you, if you're a fan of the game of basketball, you get an opportunity to see the Clippers one night and then you get an opportunity to see the Lakers. Then you got great shows and great performers and artists and everybody will come through Staples Center all throughout the year. Uh, Staples Center is a, is a place to be. Um, Maybe even Sierra Canyon can go there and play a game. Just throwing that out there. They have some, some freshman on their team that's doing okay for himself as well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, um, I think it's just great. I mean, the, the city of Los Angeles should be very proud of what's going on, not only with the Lakers and the Clippers, but also with the Rams and the Dodgers and the Kings and, and USC and UCLA and so on and so on. If I missed you, um, um, you know, I apologize. But it's just it's a great time uh, to be a sports fan in the city. Now a member of the Brooklyn Nets, we hear from Kyrie Irving, who discusses what he learned from last season in Boston with the Celtics and how to bring that forward with a new start in Brooklyn. Um, I would say that on the list of priorities, the number one thing was acknowledging the fact of the steps it took to get here. That was the first step, was eight years of really hammering home, um, being in a team environment, being an NBA basketball player and trying to be successful at a sport that... Um, sometimes, or for the most part, spills over into my personal life, and then allowing that to really put me in a place where I'm able to make an, an, a decision for me and my family for the long haul. And, you know, like I said, it was very, very trying this whole entire eight years of being in the NBA and learning as much as I could about the business and personal side of it. So I wanted to remove all of that um, and really take a step back and not be an advocate for, you know, people not beating, being treated fairly, especially from different outside sources and the way the NBA product works. So for me, it was just about honing on what was important, and that was 
coming back home. That was the important staple that I had in my mind. Uh, mind you, it took months and months. It almost took a year and some change for me to even come to that decision because, you know, nine months ago, I was sitting in front of the Boston crowd saying that I wanted to resign. And after that, a lot of things happened in my personal life that really changed the landscape of how I felt about the game of basketball and actually playing it in a team environment. And that really affected me as a human being. And I didn't share it with anyone. I didn't want to come out and say that this is bothering me or I'm in a depression at this point of dealing with the death of my grandfather. So when all this happened and the NBA and the pressures, I put it in quotations from this basketball game, came into free agency and what I was doing with my future, I wanted to dispel all those things, but I don't think I did it in the right way of being honest about how I felt. Um, so I just wanted to come here with a, a very fresh mindset and make sure that I'm honest with my teammates going forward. And also reverting back to apologizing to guys that I've been with and been teammates with to make sure that they know, hey, this is a game, but also our lives come into this. And when it affects our livelihood and it affects our happiness to play basketball, then the product or our service out there on the floor is not great. And that's just what it is. Personal lives, it seems like it's not as important, but in talking, about terms about, talking in terms about relationships and coaches and all this other stuff that go into the team environment, I think the important thing is to realize that the human being as a basketball player or in any industry struggles as well, dealing with personal issues. So um, for me, I just wanted to come in with that mentality like, hey, I'm just gonna be honest about who I am and what I'm doing going forward and my goals for myself and then apply that into the environment here that we have in Brooklyn. So, Meanwhile, in Toronto, Kyle Lowry taking the mic on Media Day to discuss his mindset going into a contract year and what his goals are for this season with the Raptors defending their NBA title. I mean, it's always the same goal for me. Uh, you know, I'm motivated even more than ever, ever now. Um, when you get the taste of it, you always want it. You know, you get a little bit of taste of it, you want to continue to grow and continue to get it, and um, you want to continue to feel that feeling. Um, it's an un unexplainable feeling, but you want it. You know, I've been through the ups and downs. Um, I was able to help bring a championship here, um, you know, from the time that they were take, talking about tanking for certain players. Um, so, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the sole reason, but I, I feel like I have a big part of it, um, you know, and, and not really worried about the free agency thing. You know, my representation have been talking to them about doing something, and, you know, nothing's been, you know, you know, obviously not taken care of, but, you know, it's an ongoing conversation. But for me, it's just going out here and doing my job like I always do, um, be a true professional and, and lead as best I can. Now to the folks at NBA TV with some preseason predictions. And we start with MVP talk as Steve Smith, Sekou Smith, and Jared Greenberg share their predictions for who will take the MVP title in the season ahead. There's a lot of guys on the table. Smitty, let's start with you. Who will be the MVP in 2020? You know, out of that field we talked about and discussed and everything, I'm, I'm, I'm going Anthony Davis. I think he plays more than 56 games like he played last year. I think the expectations are there. I think he wins more games than he won in New Orleans. He's playing alongside LeBron James, who I think, I wouldn't say defer, would allow him to be the best version of himself, Anthony Davis. And with being in Los, Ange Los Angeles, I think Anthony Davis, with all that combined, becomes MVP next year. I think the, the trophy will reside in L.A., but I think it's going to be uh, in the other team's trophy case in L.A., and I think it's Kawhi Leonard. I think when you talk about the narrative you need going into a season to be considered an MVP, it has to build off something strong the year before. Well, 
you can't get any stronger than reigning finals MVP. And now Kawhi is on a team that's going to start the season as the favorite to win it, Smitty. Mm -hmm. And I know that's new territory for the Clippers and certainly new territory for Kawhi. He's, he's been on a couple championship teams. Neither time were they the projected favorite to right. win it all. I think this time around, Jared, Smitty, Kawhi has all those pieces in place. The load management of the previous season is over, and it's his turn to maybe add the only thing really that he's missing right. is, is a regular season MVP award. Say, could well, you say something? The Clippers are the favorite. That's right. That's, that is, that's something. I've been in this league around a long time. The, the one guy we really haven't spent time talking about over the last hour is Paul George, and he's a double shoulder surgery. If he misses a lot of time, mm -hmm. that could certainly bolster Kawhi's MVP resume. The guy I'm going to for MVP, I think, is the most overlooked player that we take for granted in the NBA, and that Me? is Steph oh, Curry. My. Not Steve Smith. <laughs> I think Steph Curry is going to prove to the world that he's a top five player. People are questioning whether the Warriors are going to make the playoffs. I understand they lost Durant and Klay Thompson may miss half, if not more, of the season. But Steph Curry is a top five, I would say top three player in the game. He's probably one of, if not the second most difficult player to guard. Steph Curry's going to prove to people and remind people how great he is, and I say he wins MVP. Jared, no argument for me. I think that's a great case. I mean, we all know Steph, and I think sometimes we overdo overlook his yeah. greatness because of the players around him, but Steph could easily win it. As for playoffs picks and prognostications for potential seedings, Dennis Scott and Sam Mitchell join Jared Greenberg as we start with their picks in the East. Let's get right to the juicy stuff. Who's making the playoffs? Gentlemen, Ooh. let's start in the Eastern Conference. All we'll right. go eight Ooh. through one. Let's show you who we have at the number eight seed in the Eastern Conference. Sam, you've got the defending champs, Ooh. the Raptors. Meanwhile, 3D, the Nets. Yes, I, I picked the Nets because we know the Eastern Conference is kind of up all up in a, a shambles, so to speak. But I think they're going to be tough. Until Kyrie figures out how to play the defense the Nets played last year, I think they're going to struggle early on. I know they lost Kawhi to Raptors here, but look, when in time you had the best group of role players mm. ever in the NBA, yeah. Yeah. Good they got to be at least an AC after they won the championship. All right, you Good got the, the baby Bulls coming in at seven. They're ready to make the playoffs? I'm bullish on Zach Levine. You had him as a rookie in Minnesota. The kid works his butt off. Laurie Marketing, another kid I think is ready to take that next leap and being a, a great player. A great young player, should I say. And I think their bench, a guy like Thaddeus Young, I think he can come in and help them. All right, let's go to number six here for both of you. Who do you have? We've got the Hawks Ooh. at six and the Heat at six for you. You, you had the Heat at seven. Mm. Well, when I look at these two teams right here, especially the Hawks, I love the young talent. I love Trey Young. I love the pieces. I like the coach. I like what they're doing in Atlanta, putting together this team. Mm -hmm. Miami, Pat Riley. Look, Pat Riley's not going to stay down forever. Right. They added Jimmy Butler. You got Dragic. Got a championship coach, Eric Sposa. They're going to figure out how to win. All right, we'll see if they make some additions. At number five in the Eastern Conference for both of you, 3D has the Pistons going all the way up to five. I, I assume you believe Blake Griffin is, is not only going to be healthy, but he won't be traded. Has to be healthy. I'm not worried about the trade. That's part of our game. I think if Blake can stay 100% in the way he showed us until he got hurt last year and some of these other guys they brought in can play better and play up the par in Drummond, I think this team can finally show some noise, but they got to stay healthy, to your point. I just like the culture of what Nate McMillan and the Pacers have done right now. You mm -hmm. look at that culture. They're going to win games based on the culture because when you walk through that door, even though Oladipo is going to be out a little bit, when you walk through that door, they have established who they are and mm -hmm. how they play. Yeah, Nate McMillan saying yeah. that he expects Victor Oladipo to miss at least 
Beast opening night and right. likely more. And they bring in Malcolm Brogdon. They bring in T.J. Warren. They've got some mm -hmm. depth in the backcourt. We'll see how that translates. At number four, we're talking home court advantage of the Eastern Conference. Sam, you've got Whoa. the Nets up all the I way up Well, think about it. This same Nets team made the playoffs, and yep. it's tough. So mm -hmm. they have their role players. Guess what they added? Hmm. One of the top talented guys in point guard position, Kyrie Irving. So he should be enough to uplift them in a weak Eastern Conference to their fourth seed over these other teams. All right, let's go to number three now in the Eastern Conference. We've got the Celtics for both of you. Now, listen, last year, Dennis, they probably – uh, were the most disappointing team, if not in the entire NBA, all of the East. Why this year do you feel like they can be the third seed? Well, it's time for Jalen Brown and Tatum, all those guys, to grow up. You bring in Kimball Walker, we know he's an all-star and solid player. I just think, you brought up Cantor's name earlier, there's some big guys now they have, I think, need to be, you know, helping them out supporting cast. If they do that, they should be at three. Yeah, I mean, look at the rest of the Eastern Conference. It's not a strong conference right. when you take out the top two teams. The Celtics still a very talented team. And again, those three young players that you have, Jalen Brown and Tatum, look, man, those guys, time for them to step up and take them to a new level. Before we show the top two seeds, safe to say, Bucks and Sixers, right? That's the only two missing. Yep. Nobody's got any Much. weird wild cards. No. Sam? No. <laughs> okay. you, you, you. What you thought I was going to say, Knicks? You don't have the magic here. By the way, nobody's got the magic here. No, not thing. yet. Let's not show number two. Wow, Whoa. and then number one, we've got a reversal here. Reversal. So, Sam, why, why exactly did you decide to go Sixers at number one after the Bucks had the best record in basketball? Because look at what they've lost. They've lost shooting. Anytime you was one of the best shooting teams in the league and you start subtracting shooting from the roster, and then you look at what the 76ers added, the talent. When you go out and get an Al Horford mm -hmm. to line, not only do you bring a, just a, a, a glue guy, but you bring a true professional pro to that team, and he's going to elevate Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They're going to be more professional because of adding Al Horford to that team. Do you believe Giannis can be better? I believe Giannis will be better because he wants to work. Everyone we've talked to say Giannis is a worker, so I'm sure he's going to be in the gym and work harder than he's seen. We know he didn't have a good summer basketball being with, with Euro basketball, so I think he's really going to step his game up and go to another level. Finally, they go eight through one in the West. Here we go. At number eight. What we got? The Warriors. Oh. Wow. All the way to eight. Number seven. Let's show you who we got here in the Western. The Spurs. Oh, yeah. Wow. Jonte Murray, uh, uh, Lonnie Walker. Obviously, we know DeMar DeRozan and L.A. going to do what they Greg do. Greg Popovich. Come on. We say more. Pop's going to make sure they play the well. The best coach in the NBA last 20 years. Yeah. Yes. Not even close. Let's, Let's go to number down. six in the Western Conference for both of you. Did you guys cheat off of each other on hey, this one? Hey, great hey, minds think Hey, there we go. What, what about all of the changes and the uncertainty if Nurkic is going to be able to play at all? I agree with you, Jared, but I just, I'm strongly, strongly believing that Dame Lillard and CJ are such great leaders and going to lead by example and do the right thing. They're going to show the new guys how to win. Of all the players we've talked about, name the two players don't count, don't go in for that load management. Those two yeah. guys, their stars yeah. want to play 82 games. Right. That's why I'm picking the Blazers. All right. At number five in the Western Conference, both of you again have the Utah Jazz. A lot of people feel like they could be a home court advantage team. Why did you feel like you weren't ready to put them there? Because uh, it's still a lot of unknowns. Here. When you think about this Jazz team, look, we got to see if Donovan Mitchell ready to take that next step. In the past, he's always gotten the pass because he's been on a mediocre team mm -hmm. and been a superstar. Now he has some players. You got Mike Conley Jr. You got Bogdanovich. You've added, you got Rudy Gobert coming back. Who should get better? So they've added more pieces and more talent. So we're going to find out if Donovan Mitchell, and I, I agree with you, Derek, they could be a fourth seed if Donovan Mitchell plays at the level we all think he can. And most importantly, I think, too, Mike 
Conley's got to be healthy. That's yes, where I was going. Year. That's where I was going. Yep. All right, let's go. Home court advantage in the Western Conference in at number four. Wow, both of you have the Lakers. Now, which way were you leaning here? Were you confident they'd be a top four team, or were you on the fringe of maybe they would make the playoffs but but not be in there? I, I was on the fringe early on. We we're thinking about it. We got the email from our producer. And I was back and forth, back and forth. But if LeBron James stays healthy, he doesn't have the injury he had last year with the growing like he had with the Lakers, I think they'll be right in the playoff hunt, no problem. No, LeBron James, that can't be yeah. a fourth seed? Yeah. I mean, it's just hard yeah. to bet against that. I, I think the thing we have to keep in mind here is that the difference between the fourth seed and missing the playoffs could be one game. Yes, be, for the Western yeah. Conference. For great call. Conference. Yeah, Western Conference, we saw right. what happened last year. Right. From three to, down to eight was only a one-game separation. No question. Yeah. At number three in the Western Conference, again, both of you have the Clippers. So yeah. they have the best offseason of any team in basketball, adding Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to a team that made the playoffs. They bring back the sixth man of the year. But, but the guess three what? Seed, why aren't they better? They two stars can't play 82 games right. if they wanted to because of low management and right. injuries. So they're going to lose some games because they're going to have to sit PG and Kawhi Leonard at that time. So when you look at the Clippers, this the, for the Clippers and Lakers, it's not about the regular season. It's about position, right. being mm-hmm. in that top four mm-hmm. to get yourself ready for a playoff run. And Doc Rivers has to figure out, and you know this as a coach, once, you, once the season starts, not a whole lot of practices. It's a lot of mental yep. practices. So if you can figure that out and you can get Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard to play more games, it could go up higher. All right, so, so who don't we have here? Unless you guys have some major surprises, hey. I would imagine Houston. Hey, we, we hey, only have the hey, team that finished hey. second nah, in the West nah, last year. Hey, Denver. And they added. Let's see number two. Who we got? And oh, oh God, boy. And so at number one, boy. it will be the Denver Nuggets. I know. Hey, I, hey, listen to me. I covered the Denver Nuggets, the whole Western Conference. Watched their run. I love what Michael Malone has done with his team. They brought everybody back. Jamal Murray got his money. The Joker got his money. Millsap has to stay healthy. They got Michael Porter Jr. Supposedly going to play this year. I love everything about Jared them. and DJ. <laughs> D, this may be the deepest team. Yep. Yes. They're going to have guys that's not dressed sitting behind the bench yes. that can play minutes for other NBA teams. Yes. They're so deep, I don't know what Mike Malone's biggest problem is going to be finding minutes for these guys. So when you look at Nuggets, and we took a look at this, the most complete team maybe in the NBA when you talk about 1 through 15. A lot of rumblings that the president of the team, Tim Conley, may have something up his sleeve to make a big deal because he has so many assets. Oh, my God. Oh, my he God. He's got players that hey. won't put a uniform on that would be in the rotation of any of these teams in the Western mm-hmm. Conference and start for some of the teams in the East. More to come in the weeks ahead as we start the new season. I'm Lawrence Scott. Thank you for listening in to NBA Sound System.